Find Your Own Retirement. It's the podcast from Your Life Choices website and e-newsletter. And this is John Deeks, and we've got rid of Kay Fellick, but we've got a new Christmas present. Oh, all I want for Christmas is... Janelle Ward. Hello, Janelle. G'day, John. That's nice very to kind see of you to say well. that. Seeing as uh, Kay, I said to Kay, well, um, have you got me a present? And she said, I'm not giving presents this year. Oh. So I'd just like you to warn the staff, there'll be nothing. Okay. Absolutely nothing. Maybe Kay's doing things like, you know, the, the goat for the... Um, um, Hungry family in Africa. Oh, or that's what she's like doing. That. She might no, be being very absolute, kind. That's it. But you're getting nothing. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, but however, um, that doesn't matter now. What matters is that you're here and I'm here, and it's great to have you along for uh, for our podcast. Remind your own time. Absolutely, and counting down. Yeah, counting down. Are you are you ready for Christmas? Never, never ready. No, for Christmas. I work to deadlines. Journalists often do. We yes. work to a deadline, and I have until what five p.m. on the twenty fourth. That be right? That's <laughs> mm, okay. And I feel sorry for all those poor, hard-working people <laughs> in the uh, in the shops and at uh, the Southlands and the Chadstons and yeah. uh, all the Westfields who have to work so long and hard. And the 24-hour shopping. Oh, and you'd think that that would be... It? Well, apparently a lot of people oh, go. Oh, my God. Would you go shopping at 4 a.m.? Oh, my goodness, no. I'm, I'm a... No, I'm a chronic sleeper. I sleep. I don't... Like, there's enough hours of shopping and I can work around normal opening hours. And if we all can't, especially given online shopping, then there's something wrong with us. Yeah. Yeah. Spare Um, the pain. I I told uh, Kay that I'm getting the kids and they've agreed. Vouchers. Exactly. And I said, what vouchers would you like uh, to my 17-year-old daughter? Um, Mecca. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah, and, uh, perfect. The boys want other vouchers yeah. and fantastic. Yeah. Now, uh, on today's show, um, we're going to be talking about uh, vitamins. Now, I take one, two, three, about four or five vitamins because mm. Gerald Quigley is a friend of mine and Gerald is a master herbalist and pharmacist, etc. and he keeps telling me the things I should be taking. So uh, when I quite often <laughs> do talks to um, some senior citizens in the Probus Clubs, my first opening line is always, has everyone taken their tablets today? Ooh. And they all love it. And yeah. I say, how many are you on? I'm on six. How many are you on? I'm on, I'm three. I can beat that. You know, and it's, it's so what do you take? Uh, well, I do take vitamin D and yeah. calcium because my doctor has told me to take that. Well, does, uh, we've got but someone called Terry who's going to tell do. us a bit later on if that's uh, good or bad. Well, exactly. And who else are we talking to? We're talking to our motoring rider. Oh, Paul Murrell. Oh, he's a smart man. Oh, he's, he gives us great chips. Talking about Aussie road costs. trips. Yes. But shortly we're going to be speaking to a man who knows all about how to keep working longer because apparently the government would like us to keep doing that. Exactly. Like you. Josh. You're just going <laughs> on and on, aren't you? That's right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm getting towards 70 and I love it. <laughs> uh, Matt Goodoff, who's Goodenough? the Goodenough, who's the senior economist for the Australian Institute in Canberra, is on the line and welcome to Australia's Mind Your Own Retirement. Matt? Thank you for having me. Great to have you. Uh, Matt Goodenough, uh, Senior Economist with the Australian Institute in Canberra. I was in America some time ago and there was a lovely lady working in uh, Macca's and she had to be 85 years old. And I thought, oh, my goodness gracious me. It's a good thing in Australia we don't have to work till we're, you know, over a certain age. But no, it's all changing, Matt. It is, it is, according to the Treasurer. Joshy wants us to work until we're 100. Yes, yes, and he's not the first one. There's been uh, treasurers uh, going back quite a way since, uh, I think, Costello that have constantly been telling us that we need to work until we're older. Why is this so, Matt? Why can't I sort of think about hanging up the, uh, mm, you know, the, the work shoes? The dancing in, shoes? By the time I'm ah, 66 mate, yeah, or exactly. 7, do I have to just keep hanging in? Well, the problem is, is 
according to uh, the Treasurer and the government, um, is that we have this crisis where we have lots and lots of people, um, the baby boomers, who are all retiring now, oh, um, and crisis. there aren't enough people coming up through in order to support them. That is, the ratio of people who are retired to the, uh, the total population or the working age population um, is getting out of whack. There are, there are less working people for every retired person. Now, I guess the question is, are the employers prepared to employ people who are of a certain age? Well, that's the, the big question. Um, there's certainly a lot of ages and there's, there's a lot of evidence that uh, if you become unemployed in your 50s, for example, um, it becomes a lot harder for you to then find a job. Um, and, and a lot of that isn't to do with your skill set. It isn't to do with how, how good of an employee or how hardworking you are. It's simply to do with the fact that um, employers, they consider these employees risky. They don't, they don't want to have them um, and they're not employing them. But um, if the number of workers out there goes down that are, that are younger compared to the total population, then they, that might change. That is, um, employers might be forced to take older workers that's simply a, because they can't find people who are younger. That's a poor response, really. Like in terms of be forced to take older workers. I mean, older workers have such a lot of intelligence and, and experience, experience to offer. Absolutely. But... And also, dare I say, Matt, um, speaking as a person of, um, you know, approaching 70, but uh, to have an employee who's of a certain age, they tend to be and I'm, I'm just giving you here, and you'll be able to quantify it with statistics, I'm sure, but they're more reliable, they take less time off, uh, and they're very dedicated to their job and not looking at their phone every 30 seconds. Absolutely, absolutely. No, um, there, there is no – it is pure prejudice that is based on, on nothing, as most prejudice is. Mm. Um, it's absolutely true that, that older workers are not worth um, in fact, they're, they're quite a lot better in many areas. Um, and when I say that, that employers will be forced to, to face their prejudice, I'm talking from, you know, a soulless economist point of view in that the market will, <laughs> will force them. Um, absolutely, we should work on overcoming this ageism anyway, even if, if the market wasn't going to, to slowly correct this over time. We should do it simply because it's the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. But Matt, what's happening in other countries? Because we can't be alone in, in this situation. No, absolutely not. And um, what's interesting is is we get these intergenerational reports um, every few years. In fact, we're, we're due for another one shortly. Um, and quite often, I think it overplays this problem of an ageing population. And the reason is, is because there are many countries around the world, in Europe, in, uh, in the Scandinavian countries, um, in Japan, all over the world, that economies that are doing quite well, that have far um, older or more aged populations than we do. That is, the, uh, the intergenerational report predicts in sort of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years' time where Australia is going to be. And there are many, many countries who are there now. That is, where we're supposed to be in, in, in 20 or 30 years is what they're facing now. And their economies aren't slowing down. They're not falling apart. That, that, you know, the, the world is not ending. Oh, but Matt, you know, Australia is so far behind. I mean, because uh, the uh, you th look at Japan, you look at uh, so many other countries where those of a certain age are revered and their experience and their knowledge is, is regarded as gold. Absolutely, yeah, and they have different attitudes. But, but simply put, 
just because you have less working people for each retired person doesn't necessarily mean that the economy is going to crash and burn. Um, it certainly hasn't happened overseas. Um, it's certainly true that these people look after their old people better. And it's certainly true that, that um, they pay a little bit more tax than we do in Australia to look after their, their, their older people. Okay. But the idea that the economy is going to come to an end um, and that this is a major crisis is simply not true. I mean, in, in 40 years' time, we're going to be where a lot of countries are right now. So, Matt, why, why has Josh Frydenberg come out and and put the case for, you know, people working for longer? I mean, is it, I don't know, it sounds a bit like sort of scare tactics or something like that. There, there are probably two things happening. And one is it is a scare tactic because the current government thinks that uh, the best way to govern is for the government to collect less tax and provide less services. And certainly as we age, the, the opposite is probably going to have to happen. So if they can pretend there's a big crisis about to hit, then they can start trying to cut the age pension. They can try and cut different services in order to make them, in their words, sustainable. And what they mean by sustainable is, I don't want to collect the tax in order to make them work not unsustainable in the sense that we can't afford them. Mm. Uh, the other thing that's going on is that Australia's participation rate, particularly those over 65, but even those over 55, um, is actually quite low compared to other developed countries. Just taking New Zealand as an example, our nearest neighbour, our participation rate for people over 65 is about 14%. Theirs is 24%. Wow. So it's not mm. only is it 10 percentage points higher, but that's actually a 70% increase in their participation rate. Mm. And what it has to do with, it's probably a number of different things, but one of the important aspects is that they have a universal age pension. That is, when you reach retirement age, you automatically get the pension, whether you're working or not, whether you have assets or not, wow. whatever it happens to be, mm. you automatically get the pension. Now, what that means is, is if you're an older person and you're thinking of working part-time, in Australia, you have to worry about whether or not your age pension is going to go down, how much you're going to lose. Yeah. Effectively, if I work 10 hours, not only do I have to pay tax on that, but I also have to effectively lose money from the lowering of the pension. So it's really not worth it, so I won't do it. Whereas in, in New Zealand, they can work part-time, full-time, however they want, and still get that age pension. They've got it all over there, in, including Jacinta. I don't know. Yes. They're just so lucky. <laughs> hey, hey, Matt, before we go, as you're the senior economist with the Australian Institute in Canberra, in uh, 10 words or less, how's the economy looking for 2020, mate? Oh, look, um, that is a really good question. Um, I oh, don't come know. On. It's, it's, ah, no, come I on, come on, Matt. Know. You know these things. Let, let me give you another another hint. Anybody who tells you they do is lying to you. Yeah, that's um, look, fair enough. The, the economy is fragile. Um, so if am I. there is a big crisis, it will crash and burn right now mm. because it's at risk. Um, if there isn't a large crisis, we will probably continue to sail on with really low growth rates but continue in an upward direction. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. I'm off to New Thank Zealand. Thank you very much for having See you, me. Matt. Yeah, Matt Grunoff, he's uh, the senior economist with the Australian Institute in Canberra. He's a very, very knowledgeable and very articulate man. Do you know when you you go to Italy, for instance, and you see those waiters? That's Kay goes wait. to Italy. Yeah, Kay yeah, goes. Kay. I can't Not believe Janelle. that. Again, here she is. She's in Venice or somewhere <laughs> this week. But uh, you go to places like Italy and you see the waiters who are of a certain age and, they're, and they've been doing that since they were like 12 yeah. mm. and it's not regarded as a, that is their career. Yeah. They're waiters, so mm. they keep on working. Mm. Um, okay, we, we're going to go. Wait, what's coming up next? 
We've got a dietitian on board. Oh, do I need that? Terry Lichtenstein, who's going to help us solve the dilemma about whether supplements and vitamins are worth taking. Stay with us on Mind Your Own Retirement. Back with more. It's the podcast from Your Life Choices. Hello there. I'd like to talk to you about Your Life Choices Pension Checker. Now, Pension Checker is an easy-to-use financial tool that allows you to calculate exactly how much you should be receiving in fortnightly pensions and supplements. And it's very well-priced at just $29.95 per year. To learn more, go to pensionchecker.com.au and make today the day you take control of your income with your life choices, Pension Checker. Welcome back to Mind Your Own Retirement. Me, John Deeks, and uh, the lovely Janelle Ward is uh, co-hosting today. And on the line, it's time to talk health. Terry Lichtenstein is uh, is with us. She's an accredited practicing dietitian and consulting dietitian. Terry, welcome to you. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. Now, whereabout is it that you uh, you you pursue your career? So I'm actually based in Melbourne. Um, I've been living in Melbourne for about the past 15 years and I've been consulting to Entity for a, a few months now. Um, I was really attracted to them because they are a natural health supplement company, uh, you know, and they designed, all their supplements are designed to improve specific health and skin conditions at a cellular level rather than being a, being a broad spectrum supplement. Now, Terry, um, we, Janelle and I have a question for you. Do all the vitamins that we're taking, are they any good or are they just crap? Well, I don't think we can look at it in such a black and white way. Oh, no. (laughs) It's never never that simple. Look, certainly we should, all of us, be eating um, a healthy diet based on the Australian dietary guidelines and eating enough foods from the five food groups. But there's certainly are times for all of us when we just, it's like it's busy or stressful and just focusing on food and exercise to maintain our overall well-being can be a bit difficult for people. So I think in times like that, supplements can be beneficial. And especially if a health professional has diagnosed someone with a vitamin deficiency. So they may be low in calcium or vitamin D. They may be at risk of certain health conditions or diseases. And that's when a supplement can definitely make a difference. So, Terry, there has been a bit of a focus in, in recent times on vitamin D and calcium supplements. Which you just happen to take. I do. My, my doctor tells me <laughs> to take You're them. You're after free advice from well, Terry, aren't I you? I am, absolutely. I'll t- and, I'll, and I'll take it back Don't to my doctor. Don't tell her, Terry. Don't so, tell her. Yeah, Terry said. Yeah, definitely. So, I agree, Janelle. Go, go, go back to your doctor. Yeah. It's good to go back to your doctor and check these things. Make well, an appointment. Do you know, like... One of the things that that has, um, you know, I've been thinking about since that information is like, you know, if if your doc says take vitamin D, but then you, whatever it is that your doc says to take, but you really need to ask how much do I need to take and how often, do you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we definitely should be asking our health professionals more information about the supplements. So, for example, you know, what is what is a reputable supplement brand, brand one that yeah. targets specific conditions rather than being a broad spectrum? Or, you know, what are the, or do they use natural ingredients? What are the elements that could be missing from the diet? And Janelle, as you touched on, what dosage is required? 
because you do at the end of the day want to target a specific health conditions that you can actually feel and see the improvement if you're going to be investing in a supplement. Terry, I guess also one has to be very careful uh, about what the, you are taking. For instance, uh, I have no thyroid. I had a thyroid cancer and I had my thyroid removed, so therefore I'm on certain medications, thyroxine, etc. And you, I guess one has to be very careful about what one is taking. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's very important to get advice from a health professional before you just go and take a supplement so that it can be looked at in the broad context of your diet and your lifestyle. You've opened up a whole new set of questions for me and, and my doc. As we get older and, you know, a lot of our members are in their 60s and early 70s, mm. are there any sort of just broadly general supplements we should be taking or is it really about being specific with advice from your health professional? You know, I think it's actually both. I think very important to definitely, as, as we get older, our bone loss does increase. And, um, you know, a lot of elderly people, for example, just talking about vitamin D, we get vitamin D from the sunlight. A lot of elderly people may not always go out as much, especially if they're suffering or recovering from an illness. Um, so I think it is important to always seek advice from your health professional as a first point. The second point is definitely to look at your diet. Um, for elderly people, sometimes their appetite might be diminished or they may lack energy. In fact, it was actually um, interesting that a recent survey by Entity Health found that it's both young and elderly people that, that have self-reported um, low levels of, of energy. Um, I think it was about 64% in their 50s and 55% of people over 60 do uh, report that they feel lack of energy. And that could be from from a diet-related factor. Um, so some things that one could do is try focusing on eating smaller meals and focus on high nutrient density. So if your okay. appetite is decreased, make sure that if, you, if you're not feeling very hungry, you know, really focus on, on those healthy foods. However, we also have, as, as our bodies age, we do have differing needs for some nutrients. So for example, our calcium requirements do go up um, and it's important to speak to a health professional about the possible need for a supplement if you are not getting enough from your diet. Janelle was, you know, made a point about should we be looking at supplements that target specific conditions? And I think absolutely. Um, what I really like about Entity is that those supplements are designed to work at a cellular level rather than just the broad supplement that targets broad conditions. Is there a, is there a website that uh, our uh, friends here at uh, Your Life Choices can go to? Yes, um, so it's entity-health.com. We'll put that on to our website as a as a connect link, uh, guaranteed for sure, Terry. Great. Thank you so much for giving up your time. The bottom line is check with your health professional before you start um, you know, taking you know, four or five different uh, bits and pieces you think might be good for you. Absolutely. Terry Lichtenstein, an accredited practicing dietitian and consulting dietitian as well at Entity. Are we going travelling? We are. Oh, where are we going? Where are well, we going? We're going travelling with our motoring writer, Paul Murrell, who just happens to be on Kangaroo Island, which mm. we visited a little while ago. Buckle up. It's coming up next. And on Mind Your Own Retirement with Janelle Ward and me, John Deeks, it's time to speak to our favourite motoring writer, Paul Murrell. Hello, Paul. Hello, Deeksy. How are you? I'm well. Uh, where are you? I'm, I'm At this moment, I'm on Kangaroo Island, looking out over the, uh, the strait between Kangaroo Island and the mainland. Oh, wishing you could get back or wishing you didn't have to get back? 
uh, wishing I didn't have to get back. Oh, fantastic. It's a wonderful area, Kangaroo Island, isn't it? Lots of long, lots of roads for you to uh, explore. And today we want to we, we want to quiz you about long road trips. And yeah. boy, do our, do our um, uh, Your Life Choices uh, friends love to go on long road trips. We do. Yes, indeed. So, Paul, what should we be looking out for? If, uh, if hubby and I or, you know, me and my best mate are oh, about to head off... <laughs> About to head off to drive to Adelaide or because Adelaide's a a great destination. Um, What should we be doing before we, you know, put the makeup case in the car and 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 head off? Do we need to do anything to the vehicle or just pack everything? Well, it depends. If you're looking after your vehicle, it shouldn't need much attention. But it does make very good sense to just check it over before you go. There are two areas you need to check. One is your car, and one is yourself. And oh. most people check the car and forget to oh. look after check themselves. Oh. Okay. Such mm. as expand? Well, obviously the car is required. It should be you know, in, in top condition. You don't want to get broken down somewhere a long way from home. Um, but you also need to be aware that we're not as sharp as we used to be. So, you know, whereas in, when you were younger, you may have driven three hours and not thought about it. Now it might be a very good idea to stop after two hours and have a break, which also gives you an excuse to have a coffee and, and look at the scenery. Yep. What else? Well, as I said, with the car, you need to be looking at things like, you know, make sure all the headlights work and the taillights work and the brake lights work. It's amazing how many people in Australia drive around with some of their lights working, but not all of them. So you need to check those. And that if you've got someone to help you, it's pretty easy. You get in the car, you turn the lights on and off, you push the brake pedal and they tell you whether they work. You know what I like too? I've got a car uh, that I've just purchased that gives me the tyre pressure gauge on each of the tyres. Man, and I keep looking at it and because uh, I'm – I remember once I did an, uh, a, a driving course yes. um, when I first bought a car and they were just talking about the importance of tyre pressure. And now I've got this gauge. I can see. I think, oh, one's down about two pounds. I'm going to put some more, you know, thing in there. So tyre pressure is important. Tyre pressure is very important, first of all, for fuel consumption because if your tyres are low on fuel consumption, they have more rolling resistance and that means that you use more fuel. Um, Perhaps more importantly, that's your first expense, but more importantly, if your tyres are low on pressure, they wear out more quickly. Mm. So you need to make sure the pressures are right. You need to make sure the wheels are aligned. You need to make sure the wheels are balanced. And I suppose a lot of our, well, I know a lot of our friends listening to this podcast like to tow their caravans around Australia. Yes, hello to all our grey nomads listening. Uh, What advice do you give to them specifically? Uh, To them specifically, now that's a really interesting issue. A lot of people aren't aware that, that vehicles have a towing capacity or they think, oh, I tell it, my vehicle can tow 3,500 kilograms so I can load my caravan up. That's not strictly correct because you have to take into account how much you have in the car itself. And if you've got four, four large, bulky Australians in there, then that will have an effect on how much you can tow. And if you have any questions over that, you go along to your, your local motoring association, the RAA or the RACV or the RACQ, and ask them, find out specifically, because that's an important factor. If you're t- towing a caravan and your vehicle's overloaded, it will have an effect on its handling. It will have an effect on, on its fuel consumption. It will have an effect on its safety. And it will most importantly have an effect on with, if you have to make an insurance claim, it may be rejected. I wish I'd talked to you about 12 months ago, Paul. Oh, well, there's a story there. But don't, don't worry about that right now, Paul. Um, look, as always, mate, you come up with some uh, absolute gems and we do appreciate it. Uh, what, what are some of the exciting things motoring-wise, do you think, in 2020? Oh, in 2020, um, there have been a number of things. And because things are changing so quickly, 
we're not noticing how much things are changing with our vehicles, how much safer they're becoming, how much how much more of the, the safety they're taking over. So, for example, I'm driving a Volkswagen Touareg at the moment, and it will sort of remind me if I'm drifting out of my lane. It'll remind me if I'm getting too close to the car in front. It will even tell me, as I'm, as I'm approaching a, a lower speed limit, to back off on the throttle, which will save fuel. It's just incredible, the technology that's coming ahead. And it doesn't have to be an expensive car because I'm, I'm driving a car that is nowhere near the cost of that particular vehicle and it has all those things. It's just ridiculous, the amount of uh, technology that's there and that will increase. It's amazing how it gets into cars that, you know, even cars around $20,000, $25,000 have a lot of this technology in place. A lot of our listeners and my readers tend to say, I don't need that technology. But once you have got used to it, it's very, very hard to go back to not having it. Yeah. When will we all be driving um, uh, electric cars, mate? It's coming along more quickly than we thought. I do wish they'd coordinate themselves so that they all worked on the same plugs. Did we learn nothing oh, from no Beta versus way. VHS? You're kidding uh, me. No. no. So, you know, if they just talk to each other and get these things happening properly, oh, it VHS. will happen a lot more quickly. Beta, VHS, oh, I can see it all. Mate, thank you so <laughs> much for giving up your time. Oh, look, it's always a pleasure to talk to you both. Paul, we, um, we're very lucky to have you as a contributor to Your Life Choices, but where else can we read your, um, your, your great car reviews and advice? You can read any of that on my website, which is Senior Driver Oz, S-E-N-I-O-R-D-R-I-V-E-R-A-U-S, all one word, dot com. And anyone who's got any questions is more than happy to ask me questions on that website as well. Brilliant. Oh, what a Brilliant. champion. And we will make sure that that uh, website of yours, that that contact details, Paul, gets put up on uh, Your Life Choices as well as always. Safe and, driving, mate. And happy Christmas. Right, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off to drink some Dudley wine. Ah. All right, but don't drink and drive. <laughs> oh, no, I certainly won't. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Thank you. We're just about through another episode, uh, Janelle, and uh, you have a nugget to leave us with. I do. Ooh, what is it? Well, it's less than two weeks to Christmas, right, John? Yeah. Have you got the ham? Um, uh, no, oh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I think I'll be going to uh, <gasps> my, my club for, for lunch or something. Oh, sacrilege. No ham. No. Well, I have news about the ham. There is the possibility that a lot of people are being scammed on their ham purchases. Oh, But... The uh, inspectors from the National Measurement Institute are out in force. They go into shops, they order a ham, buy the ham. Once it's bought, they declare their identity. The ham is then weighed. It's a place of where it was produced is authenticated. And if any of the shop owners or the producers are found to be fiddling the books at all, they're in a bit of trouble. And do you know what else I heard? Uh, what? That when you buy your seafood, ah, yes. be careful you're not they're not weighing the ice as well. As the water. So be careful about ordering your seafood and don't let them weigh it with the ice. Oh, great advice, John. And I'm definitely coming to your place for Christmas lunch. Oh, if you've the got ham. A, a fair dinkum ham. I've got the ham. All right. Love the ham. Well, There's I should nothing else. Because believe need. me, I know a ham. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Janelle Ward, until next time, we look forward to seeing you. Be well. See you soon, my love. Absolutely. Your Life Choices. It's the website and the e-newsletter. Tell your friends about it. Make sure you sign up. It's absolutely free and a wealth of information. Till next time, we'll see you on Mind Your Own Retirement.